welcome to the Eva podcast. My name's Erin. I'll be your host where we explore all things health information technology and Eva, the first interpretive health record system. So without any further delay, let's get this episode started. Hey everyone, super excited about today's podcast where we get to meet Christine Colheed. She is one of our EVA users. We're going to explore how Christine has utilized EVA to start and run her independent medical practice where she is the only provider and the only staff member, really. So she started all this on her own. She manages it all on her own, and she is the primary clinical provider at her clinic, Thrive Hormone Health and Wellness. I chose Christine because Really, I love her life journey, how she became a provider, and I love to see, you know, an individual take such a big step to go independent practice against all the odds and add creativity and really excellent whole body care to help support, you know, her community. So a little bit of backstory, uh, Christine originally attended Texas A&M University and she graduated with a BS in meteorology. And she spent the next 20 years forecasting and broadcasting weather to millions of viewers in the market like Waco, Texas and Dallas-Fort Worth. And then in 2007, she saw the need to alleviate fear and educate children about severe spring and winter storms you know, in Dallas and that prompting her to write a series of children's books and hosting weather education seminars for teacher, which I think for teachers, which is awesome. And, you know, teaching really is at the core of giving care. So I love this story. Um, And then, you know, as she continued, uh, she decided to kind of transition her career and got her BS in nursing and then worked as an ER nurse and then continued her education, got her master's and then went straight into family practice, you know, became a nurse practitioner and went into family practice. And on this journey, she grew to realize, like many of us, myself included, that the sick care model of caring for patients doesn't work. And discovered personally, because I think most of us do, that there are different therapy types um, that can help basically keep us in this wellness space, also known as preventative health care. And of course, that includes our hormones. So let's dive into this podcast and talk to Christine about her experience and her use of Eva. All right. Well, welcome everybody to the Eva podcast. Today, I am speaking with one of our awesome users. Uh, this is Christine Colheed. Did I say that right? Yeah. You did. Okay, awesome. So Christine has her own practice, Thrive Hormone Health, and she is an APRN with a master's as well and family nurse practitioner. And the name of her clinic is Thrive Hormone Health. And I just wanted to introduce her to our small little podcast crew um, and talk about how you're using Eva to do everything you need to do for your practice. Um, yeah, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> but, um, so um, I've been using Ava since November of 2021. So we're looking at about eight months. And I, you know, I love the, I love the interface. Um, my patients like it very much. Um, they find it easy to use. 
Um, I love the versatility and it's it's beautiful, of course, to look at. And I feel like um, I was using for a very short amount of time, six months maybe, a different EHR that was very basic and clunky and um, it just was not working for me. So when I saw the demo of, of Ava, I was kind of blown away by just how um, customizable it was to my practice. Um, and I still, even eight months later, <laughs> probably need to spend another day or two um, at headquarters and, and have you guys kind of walk me through how I can even use it and maximize it. Um, I feel like I've just scratched the surface on the capabilities of it, but it's been it's been wonderful. And um, I, I always learn something new on it every week. Um, but I, I found it to be on the on the clinical side, um, very easy to use. And it, it's it's a it's for the visual person, the person I think that you know needs that the visual connection. It's kind of like when Apple first came out, right? Everything was apps and it was easy and pretty and icons and that's what Ava does so well. Um, I'm I'm still learning the financial side and that's something that I'm still digging through here fast forward eight months but learning how to get my reports that I need and things like that but overall I've I've really enjoyed um, the program and if I have questions that I need answers to your support staff is wonderful I get answers right away. Well, that's great. Well, awesome. We're like so happy to work with you. And part of the reason why, you know, I really wanted to bring you on the podcast is one of the things that's happening in kind of the environment that I've witnessed is we see a lot of individuals say, you know what, the kind of medicine I've been practicing or what I've been doing with my career, I really want to transition it to a different kind of care and kind of look at the whole patient um, and move from there clinically. And, you know, most electronic health record systems out there, the idea behind them was really how do we keep track of all of our coding? How do we make sure if we're audited, we're covered? And also make sure that we submit prices to insurance to kind of negotiate on. Was it ever really, you know, designed for patient care? I, I, you know, I don't know if that's really the case. I want to say yes, because I, you know, tend to be more of an optimist in that area. But to me, using them, no, it was really more about, it felt like an auditing system. Um, and when you make a decision to have your own practice, to say, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to do this on my own, and kind of take that, it's a journey, right? It's like this, you're going to go on this epic adventure. And for me, you know, watching in the background, you've been able to take this system as a solo individual, solo provider, no team, right? When you started, no team. <laughs> and, I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive because when I look through your treatment plans and I look how you've grown with the system, to me, you will become one of our advanced users. You know, that's what I see over time. Um, because the learning curve for you was very short. And yeah, there's way more. There's so much more I don't even know, you know, like I need to fly out and spend a weekend with Dr. J and go, wait, how do you do that? And why do you do that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And then once he shows it, I'm like, duh. But uh, I wanted to talk about what it's been like for you, you know, outside of Eva, like when you made that decision, 
what was that journey like for you? Um, well, I guess the blessing and the timing of switching was I had only been using that system for six months and literally I just opened my doors April, 2021. And I, I left the old system November, 2021. So my practice was still really small. I hadn't grown to the, the numbers of patients I have now. So I didn't have to I didn't have hundreds and hundreds of patient records that had to be transferred and all this data loss, right? So anyway, what what it was like was, I mean, there was a lot of, there was some pain. Yeah. <laughs> there was some data lost. Um, and I'm still working off some old paper charts too that I, I had to do paper charts with the other one because it did not support everything that Ava was doing for me. So I really, uh, I have made a complete switch. It's all digital. Anything that I do with the patient on paper immediately gets, gets scanned in and it becomes part of their their digital record within AVA. I've completely stopped the paper charting. Um, sometimes that can be nice because you can write on things and all that stuff, but everything sure. is there. It's, the, the transition was pretty quick. Um, uh, we did it gradually over a week or two. Um, you guys allowed me to actually introduce before we actually kind of completely stopped the old system I started having new patients into the into Ava where I could um, work with it get to know it um, before it was you know before we shut the other system off so that was nice I had a trial period where I could kind of get to using it and figure it out and then we I just jumped in both feet and um, I mean I really I really have just sort of figured it out along the way. And the training was was great. Um, I I think so much of what it does is intuitive. Um, but you know, there's there's just you kind of have to understand the backbones and, and the back make the backbones of your treatment plans and kind of understand how everything's interconnected. Um, and that I'm still trying to learn. But um, it's working well for me as a single provider. Um, I, I can do anything I need. Like if I, I work from home two days of the week, I see patients three days a week and the two days a week I'm home, I can do just about everything I need to do being that it's cloud-based. And um, I mean, I love that. I can be out of town on a vacation and I can still call in prescriptions. I can do whatever I need to do, do interactions with patients. Um, I'm looking forward to when you can do telehealth. That'll be wonderful. Agreed. Me too. Yeah, that, that needs to happen. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's our, our big transition as of now. We're working on uh, an API with Zoom and kind of exploring our options there and how that'll work all together. I think, you know, from my experience when I was building out an EVA and I wasn't a provider and trying to figure out, oh my gosh, what is a treatment plan? You know, like, what does that framework look like for my two provider styles is they have very different styles so that they can go in there and type, 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 type. And it was, it was definitely a learning curve because I had not thought about those connected pieces as well. Like it was sort of like, I knew how to go in there and chart, right. Or to scribe for somebody, but actually like deconstruct and then construct it. It was like a little bit of a woo. And I think, you know, what we share in common is 
when you started Eva and when I worked with Eva, there really wasn't any onboarding that was super structured. It was sort of like, here's Eva, it's easy to use, we give you this support, and you do, you learn and kind of figure it out. And now, unfortunately, you didn't see it, but I'll share it with you at any time. But now I've created this sort of onboarding timeline and this training timeline that I hope will help individuals transition even faster, which one to two weeks is pretty good. But I think in particular about when you're transferring your information from one system to another, yeah. how do yeah. we optimize that and make it less scary, right? Because that yeah. part can be awful. It really can. It can take up so much time that you don't have when you're running your own practice. You're the only provider, business manager, all of them, <laughs> you know? No, no, I didn't have. Yeah, it was just, uh, but, you know, Nathan helped a lot with uh, getting things. You know, I felt. Sorry, just a brief uh, interruption here. So Nathan is our COO and top developer, as well as Jeremy who is also our top developer and director of development. So we take a hands-on approach here at Eva. When you onboard, you work with me, uh, director of development, Jeremy and Nathan. I, I didn't really know what it was going to look like when all that data arrived. Um, and there was, you know, quite a bit missing, but that's what happens when you move from one platform to another. And um, like I said, I'm just grateful that I did it very early in my practice, you know, growing my practice that I didn't lose, you know, didn't lose too much and was yeah. able to step in pretty quickly. The onboarding and the, I, I, I could almost use another round of that. <laughs> Just connecting right. the treatment plans and the interactions. And I just need, I could use somebody to kind of look through all that and say, hey, do you, you know, maybe you could do it this way and it might be even better. Or I, again, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing some pieces, but it still functions beautifully for me yeah. right now. One of the things we're getting ready to do with you is do a peer-to-peer -peer with you and Dr. J, because I really think of him as like the super user, the super clinical user. You know, our development team and that, like we can go through it functionally, but like a super clinical user is a totally different experience than myself, right? He's obviously got way more resources. And he said, you know, I would love to offer that for all of the people that we work with because, you know, at my heart, like education is my passion. And so I'm really excited to see kind of what comes up there because I'm going to take that and I'm going to then replicate it and put it back out there so others can use it, you know, and add it to their network and optimize their practice. Say for people who are just, you know, considering it or on it or using it, that um, having some of those pre-prepared treatment plans that were kind of built in really did help me. I mean, I don't do nearly what Dr. J does. He offers so many treatments and options and he does so much in his clinic. I do just a tiny percentage of what he does, but um, but having those kind of pre-built templates really helps. And I think, um, you know, for other practices that, you know, if you guys could provide, you know, I think it, uh, all of us with, you know, maybe we, because he's got all the, the verbiage, all of it's there, and then we can just adjust it to our practice. That's that, that was really helpful to me, and I think there's probably a few more services that I offer that maybe I could use that kind of sure. guidance with. Um, I think but, the goal is to eventually have a 
space we're building right now, it's a clinical network where users can look at various treatment plans that other users are making that decide to share that and then take what they like and kind of not what they don't and build from there. Because to me, like if you have a super group that are using similar products and um, have a language, sharing that only optimizes patient care, right? I mean, that's like the ultimate learning environment. And Dr. J, of course, would put stuff in there. And then also, you know, I just wanted to kind of speak about what's your experience been with using EvaCore? All of, of course, all of my new patients, I, I have them do the AvaCore interview. I, um, and I advise them that, that that's coming when I speak with them on the phone, when I'm setting up their first appointment. And everyone fills it out. I think they, I ask them, well, what do you think about that? And they really, um, they, they find it easy to do, it's quick. Um, for me, it's a great first visit summary of, of symptoms to justify therapy. And um, I, I show them, we go through in the first visit, the their answers. I say, did you happen to kind of look through this yourself after you did the entire survey? And you know, what did you think? Would you agree with this? And it gives us a good bouncing point, like a jump off. You know, it's their, these were their answers. And do you kind of agree that this might, you know, testosterone jumps out and sleep jumps out and, um, digestive jumps out, you know, let's talk about that. Would you agree? And, you know, nine times out of 10, they're like, yes, absolutely. And then we go through their labs and then we, we can um, match the lab work, their symptoms, and then their AVA survey with, you know, the next steps. Sure. That's awesome. And then do you tend to use an additional survey for certain sort of patient interactions as well to dive down a little deeper? I know you do because I looked into them and I, yours are the best examples that I have so far that I've seen in how you add that additional survey. So you have core and then you're going to take a patient down a particular journey, whether it's hormones or not, but you have those supplemental surveys that really knock out those questions before they even come in the room. Um, yes. Find them useful. Hey, well, thanks for that. I, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that I would. <laughs> um, yeah, time-wise, I mean, it makes total sense to me. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, um, I, I kind of took what, uh, like Adexius, for example, has when you're a repeat palate patient. These are the questions they have on their form. The patient's walking in and they're filling that out in the office. So I'm like, I might as well just kind of jump off of those questions and that information. And I just used Ava and the, and the I made my own default survey for that follow-up visit, a five-week visit, and then their next pellet visit to make sure that I'm getting the information. You know, when was your last mammogram? Um, you know, do you have any concerns or questions? Um, you know, what symptoms might be coming back? Um has anything changed? You know, have you had any vaccines? Have you had, you know, I'm asking those kinds of questions and it's a great way to, to do it. And then I can just look at that before they walk in. Yeah, it's, I think it's great. It's awesome. It goes straight into the chart too. And, you know, we've had other users that kind of get really in depth with their surveys, which sometimes when you overdo it, it's not as helpful. And what I like about yours is that they're really clear 
in your clinical plan. So they make sense with where it's going on in the clinical workflow, but it also adds it to the chart so that you don't have to write any of that, but you go directly into what you're going to be treating them with today. So you save yourself time, you save the patient time as well, and you're on the same page from the moment they walk in the room, which is, unless something happened 10 minutes ago, you know, but, but I mean, to me is pretty awesome. Thank you. I think the, um, um, the, the patient, I, I'm trying to, cause there's, you know, half my patients are very portal electronic, you know, savvy, they're computer savvy. They like the portal. And then there's the other half that don't, they want me to just tell them what to do and give them a printout and they, they, they don't want to deal with it. So, um, my job, because Ava is so functional that way, is I'm trying to get those 50% that are not big computer users um, on board to getting into that portal. I said, hey, this is where all of your information is. And we look at it together in the office. So That's I show them in case they weren't clear. Some people are just so busy and their mind is so full that they can't fit another no. another thing in their brain that, that day. And so... I walk them through it so they can at least visually see it. So the next time they access it, you know, um, they they know what they're looking for, and then they can message me that way, which is so nice. Yeah, I agree. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be hard, you know, even outside of Eva, just kind of the bigger picture, since it's now federally mandated. It's going to be hard for a pretty big part of the population to make that adjustment because you're right. Like nobody wants another login or password. I don't. Um, no. And my experience with other patient portals is generally they, they're not super useful. Um, and I think that that education period, the fact that you take that is kind of that next level of care that most patients just can't get at other places. And I hope that the more that we continue to work with you and we optimize time and continue to improve our system, that we get to help you create those strong relationships because most providers won't do that. They won't They won't take the time to sit down with you and show you your portal or even the system, you know, like to turn your computer around and they look at it and they're like, what is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you talking about, lady? You know, so like so, to be able to do that is pretty cool. And hopefully, I hope we add really cool functionality to our portal as we continue to grow. Like I think the portals can, I want it to be where people like think it's cool and like it versus Oh God, another one. <laughs> Which no, is cool. I think it is cool to look at. I mean, compared to like my dermatologist portal, I'm like, how <laughs> it's so boring and and there's no interaction and it's it's just you're seeing um, there's there's really no um, um, I'm not going to say a portal should be entertaining, but at least no, it's, it, it's it should be um, pleasing to the eye, engaging, which it is. And, you know, you've made it like their consents that they need to sign. They're a nice dark pink, so you can't miss them. You need yes. to sign their consents. The, uh, you know, and then they get to see their upcoming appointments, and it's all on one screen, and then everything else is on the left. And I try to describe that to them, and some of them I just have to show it. And once they figure it out, but you know who really loves it is all the young patients. The 20-somethings, yeah. they're like, oh, I love the portal. Can I find this in the portal? I'm like, yes, you can. They're like, great. That's all I need. So, yeah. 
<laughs> it would be super cool if we could, you know, eventually have it be a space where if you wanted to put a little video up that talked about, hey, I'm offering this new service in my clinic. This is what it's really about. You know, like a, a place for communication where you're not necessarily chatting, but like adding that little bit of extra element where if they log in, they see you and you go, you know what? Or even, you know, Merry Christmas or whatever you wanted to do. And um, that would be a really extra little element that I would love to see. I'll push for it on the back end. I've been dreaming about it. So, you know, I think it would be, I want it to be also a fun place, even though it feels weird to say that. But yeah, I totally agree. Well, <laughs> even if there was an audio, like you could, yeah. like, hey, I could even send, if I'm going to send a patient a message, I could actually make it a audio message. Yes, <laughs> no, I, that would be cool. I could say, hey. You know, hey, Brad, uh, yeah. your labs look great. You know, instead of bothering him with that, you know, they don't necessarily have to have an appointment, but your labs look great. And, you know, hey, you we're asking me about peptides last visit. Why don't you give me a call tomorrow or something? You know, something that's just a silly example, but. No, um, I totally agree. I mean, yeah. it's got to it's got to be engaging or else people are just not going to want to do it, you know, and we'll but, just keep building it out, you know, go from there. I do know I underuse the uh, direct patient mailing that I could be emailing that I could be doing, like for marketing specials and things like that. I don't do a lot of specials. I mean, I do and I don't, but I uh, I should utilize that more to kind of like make patients aware of like, I'm going to have to make them aware now of some pricing changes because I just have to raise my prices and, you know, I'm going to have to let them know that way. But um, it's a great feature of Ava. And I know other software systems do it too, but the emails that I've created, the few that I have done look really nice. I like that a lot. I was so happy when they added that. Um, that was before I was with them because we really needed that where I was at. And I think, I think it's hard because as you, you, we also had to raise prices because medical supply prices, all of that goes up, you know, and it's also a fine line. Like, do we over email? Because if we over email, then people don't answer it. Do we use it for marketing? Like what's really the voice here and the intention behind the voice? And I had said to our group, what I'd love to do, especially when you start Eva, right? You don't have any communications. What I, my goal is, is I'm creating these templates just like we have for our treatment plans, but for emails like welcome to Eva and kind of with a little video of this is your patient portal that walks them through it all. So you don't always have to do that. There is something that's there. Um, but I think it would be really nice to also have like some examples of if you decide to do a marketing email, here's what it could look like. If you decide to do a sale email or a price increase email um, and do some like substantial research and a template. So you wouldn't have to do that. It would be there. And then you edit it as you need to edit it versus starting from scratch, right? Yeah, having some templates like that would be great. I've really only done a mass email one time for, with my entire database of patients. And it was for a patient education seminar that I was hosting at my clinic. And That's for awesome. that, I had it would have been nice to have been able to kind of create something within the platform. Instead, I just pulled in a pre-made image that you know, my, my Avexius rep had created for my event. Okay, that's awesome. It was just an it. image, but I yeah. dropped it. But having the ability to maybe do some fun things. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be nice, or add video, like you said. 
Cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking your time to talk with me today about Eva and kind of your journey and everything that we're working on and moving through. It's been awesome. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Erin. This has been a, a great adventure and uh, I really, <laughs> I really enjoy using Ava. I, I know I made the right decision. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And I look forward, maybe I'll see you on the podcast in the future. Oh, I think that could, I think that could be arranged. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much and have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you. You too. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me on the Eva podcast. I'm Erin, your host, and I'll see you next time.